Hello, Eloise. So um, you and I have done a lot of work in the last couple of weeks. I think you have as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You were yeah. teaching and then we did um, breakthrough class and, you know, I found so many things that you were saying were so powerful that I imagine you're like shifting like crazy I am. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, this was funny. No, it was Monday. <laughs> I don't even know what day of the week it is. Like I was teaching for a weekend and then we were, well, you were teaching and I was supporting you and I've been doing all this other stuff as well. And yes, Monday, I couldn't remember how to spell my name. (laughs) I'd have to say that's, that's been happening to me too. Thank God, (laughs) you know, thank God we can anchor in our work. But, But one of the things that really struck me as we were coming on here is sure You know, the moment we walk into a a role, somehow we leave ourselves behind. This has been my process in the last, I think it's about six weeks now, Mm. since I finally became sort of uh, present to or aware that there was, you know, there's a body and that, that, you know, I'm, I'm housed whatever the consciousness is, is housed in this body. And I've thought about it really often, so often. The bird just flew on the phone and knocked it down. (laughs) I've thought about it so often, you know, I'm in this body, you know, the idea that my body is a temple and, you know, I just noticed that I just wasn't feeling the body despite all the pain that I'm experiencing, almost like walking into these roles um, allows me to really avoid. And that's been very powerful for me. Uh, Even this week, you know, after all the work we've done and thinking, this was my thinking process. Oh, I am taking a break, right? I had all of Sunday to relax after class and then Monday morning and then a few sessions came in and I said oh I feel really good I can do them yeah and the day goes by we had our tarot Q&A and you know it, it went along swimmingly I thought but then I woke up the next day so heavy mm. and I thought okay well you know at the end of the day you'll rest but it was a big back-to-back day yeah and woke up this morning Almost, uh, I feel like I was a cement block trying to move myself. And it got me really thinking that um, the addiction, let's say, to avoiding has now come to the surface and there's no way I can avoid and that I have to use my intellect properly which, you know, it is trial and error, right? I'm trying a new schedule, seeing how it works. My mind says, wow, you've got so much more space to yourself now. And yet the impact of teaching a class and, you know, now realizing I need, I need maybe, I thought half a day, 
then I thought maybe one day after class. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, no, you need to schedule two days. And even yeah. before class, all of that energy coming in, all of the little details, all of the sort of studying and, you know, centering yourself for yourself and the students or for myself and the students. Mm. Wow. You know, how I was just snapping to it and pushing myself. Yeah. And that doesn't work. No. I was reading an article this week where someone said that you only have four hours a day of actual, like, ability to work properly, you know, with your intellect. And and I was like, wow, yeah, you know, sometimes we push through working eight hours a day and actually it, it it's too much. I agree. I, I really agree. I mean, we could do fiddling around maybe, but yeah, if, yeah, exactly. I am, if I am actively doing four hours a day with another person or even our distance sessions where we record them, yeah, yeah. you know, I think, I, I think it's, it's it, within myself. I didn't even realize how much energy to, you know, sort of, collect myself, tune into the person, and then start the recording, uh, tuning in there, and then almost like the coming off of the, the work yeah. I just did. Yeah. Even though we're not talking to the person, um, I, I always thought, oh, well, you know, at least distance. I don't have to talk to the person. And now I'm realizing, no, it uses as, almost as much energy. Yeah, no, it does. It's not, it, it's not a half an hour. It's still an hour. It's still yeah, three yeah. hours or whatever it is. Because so, you're uh, getting ready, you're doing it, you're sending the file, but then you need a break. I find a need of something to break state and do something else before I do the next person. Yeah, and there's they, that. And there's also um, the addiction to time. Yeah. As though time has anything to do with the energy you expend. Yeah, and clients go, oh, the audio is only 15 minutes. That wasn't much work for her. And I'm like, do you not know what goes on behind the scenes? Exactly. Yeah. So I often think when they're talking and I'm still running formula and observing, uh, I always thought that was more tiring. But now I kind of go, no, I'd rather you're on for the half hour instead of you know, me just recording, because it almost takes me longer than if they're on for half an hour. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, 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 again, I don't even know if it's time. It's, yeah, I think, the, yeah, it's almost like that thinking about the four hours piece got me into that mode of like, it might not be four hour chunks during my day, but it's, no, ignoring the time there's only so much effort that I can actually mentally expel a day before it's too much yeah and even the idea of efforting mm. efforting and time almost feels like an overreaction to me yeah yeah you know it, it's this constant overreacting because I've got to effort in this period of time and I'm just trying to, to look at when well, that has to stop because if I'm not efforting and there is no sense of time then 
I'm, I, I feel supported. Mm. And I feel as though I'm supporting whoever I'm working with. Because yeah. we always have to remember that it's never about the other person, which is always something weird for people to hear. Yeah. Uh, it's never about the other. It's always about us. It's the quality of my observation. Yeah. It's the quality of my rest. And if I'm efforting, well, then that means, well, that's part of the session. Why, why should that be in the session at all? Mm. I mean, most people are stressed anyway. Why would we want efforting in? So I think it's always a challenge for us as practitioners not to effort and, and not to uh, kind of be charged up by time in mm. whatever way we do it. And, and I can almost hear people going, well, yes, but there are time constraints. Yes, there are, but we have more time in less actual time. Yeah. Like, let's say I have an appointment. Like, you and I have this time together. The time is passing. But if I'm not efforting, it feels as though there's way more time. And I'm not efforting. Hmm. And that almost communicates more than, well, I feel it right now. So we can... I can reveal what I said to you before we got on. I am exhausted. I don't know what to talk about. And as I hung up with you, I went, well, that's exactly what I need to talk about. Yeah. Is yeah. here I'm feeling as though I need to effort. Uh, and, I, you know, the first awareness was telling you, I have no idea what I want to talk about. And I am exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's start from there. Mm. Let's start from there. Uh, it's the right. easiest thing to do. Um, it, it's it's the uh, I, I easy is I don't know if this is easy, but it's gentle. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel I don't feel stressed. I don't feel time constraint. I don't feel you know. This is also getting me to think. When we did the Adam and Eve podcast. Mm. I kept feeling something wasn't quite right in me. Mm. And I've thought about it a lot. Um, and one of the things I noticed is I was talking about Adam and Eve sort of as a summary and a summary of what we think rather than really slowing down and putting myself into Adam and Eve are stories and myths, a mythology or a story that is filled with exactly what occurs in the human experience. When we step away and judge it, it yeah. looks like they did a bad thing and God did a bad thing. But when we walk in it and mm. we look at, all right, so here's something tempting me there's temptation everywhere we yeah. can look at it in our daily lives oh i'm on a diet and my stepson just had beer there's a temptation <laughs> right it's like oh my god it's so hot and a nice freezing cold beer that will actually clean out my spleen oh no but all right i don't drink often maybe uh, twice a year now mm. And uh, 
you know, it's usually beer. I, I can't even drink other spirits or wine or anything like that anymore, but a beer. And I know it's really good for the spleen. But at yes. the same time, my mind went, yeah, but you're on this diet and you're feeling really good. Your digestive system is working better. You're, you know, you're feeling uh, more mobile. Well, now don't ruin it. Mm. Okay, so, yeah. so I make a choice. Yeah. All right, I make that choice. And, you know, now, because it's really hot, uh, every night I say, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a nice, cool beer? And... <laughs> And my husband will Something. say, well, I can go get you one. I can go get you one. And I just say, no, uh, no. Yeah. So so the, the temptation is there. But let's say I was the way I used to be, which is, oh, well, he says it's okay. So I'm going to have one. Right away, yeah. I put the responsibility on my partner. Mm. Right. Yeah. I don't know if anyone relates to that, but, oh, you know, we're in the house together and, you know, our diets influence each other. So, you know, it's really hard for me to stay on my diet because he's <laughs> on another diet or, you know, yap, 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 yap. We go on. So there's there's a snake in the garden, because if you think, you know, God creates paradise. But, but, yeah. but come on, guys, you know, he creates paradise, but there's a snake in it. There's a snake in the garden. Mm. Right. So it always had to be there. there it was never uh, paradise uh, without the snake. Paradise had the snake. Now, the snake brings this, this, this new, uh, I, don't, I don't want to get too heady, but it's, the snake is always in our garden. Yeah. So even with this simple example I'm giving, if my, you know, because now for a week or so, my stepson has been drinking beer every day. And I look at it and I say, it's lovely. But then I see my body and I go, yeah, but if you do that, um, you're just not going to feel well. Yes, yeah. you know, it's going to clean a, out the spleen, etc. But how do you feel right now? You know, I'm even thinking, when am I going to have that beer? Mm. And because I'm going to, I'm going to Greece and all. But then I thought, am I going to have the beer? Because every time I tune into myself uh, or into my body, um, I just go, no, nah, it sounds good, but yeah, mm. the price the price feels like it'll be too high. Now I don't know. In five weeks, ten weeks, twenty weeks, a hundred weeks, I yeah. might tune in and it'll and my body will say, okay, now's the time to have those hops come in yeah. but right now it's not so i was even thinking oh i'm gonna have the beer inevitably well maybe maybe not i don't know when that will happen and if it will happen yeah fascinating right yeah. but the snake and is always yeah. in the garden and our next step is you know usually we accuse it's the snake's fault and then well you know uh i my husband had a beer so he would be the, the beer would be the snake. My husband would taste the snake. And then I would be like Adam saying, yeah, but he told me to have the beer and I had it. So always passing the buck, right? Not, not being responsible for our actions. Yeah. And this is not about any kind of curse. This is about 
our experience in manifestation. This was the creation. There's always a snake. And we humans, the moment we, we have a snake, we blame the snake. There, so what is our, there must be a better way than blaming the snake. It doesn't feel too good if I blame the snake. I don't think necessarily God, I mean, what would have happened if instead of saying it was Eve's fault and then Eve said it was the snake's fault, would the story be as it has been, that we are cast out of the Garden of Eden? I would, I would think the moment I take responsibility for my actions, I return to the Garden of Eden, albeit there's always a snake. So I think that's what breakthrough is about. Yeah. Is there's always a trigger. There's always some snake. And our next step is we blame the snake. But the moment we take responsibility and then explore all of our beliefs around it, it mm. changes. And you do the same in Mindscape. And please, yeah. everyone, note, we do exactly the same in tarot. Mm. In tarot, we do that as well. We're looking um, at the cards to show us where our snakes are and what are things that we could possibly focus on or look at or examine properly to uh, dispel the snake. Right. So I, I don't yeah. I don't really care what system anyone uses. To me, it comes down to we're all very desperate because blaming somebody else doesn't work. Yeah. And, it, you know, they're the hook, right? We hook it on to the other. So it's, it's almost like we're always hooking it onto the snake. Yeah, but it's not the snake's fault if I have the beer. Yeah. I, I'm the one who chose to have the beer. Doesn't matter what the snake said. I, yeah. I think, isn't that why they called them in the old West snake oil salesman? Yeah. You know, he can tell you whatever he wants. It's almost like this this whole idea of uh, you know anti-vaxxers and vaxxers, and they come up with all this evidence for why their side is the right one. Um, and you know, their evidence. I don't know where you got it. I don't know what this evidence is about. I don't even know whoever derived the evidence. Uh, so if I'm just going to use their evidence, I'm still blaming the snake. But I haven't taken responsibility to really examine what's going on and to keep questioning, but it's a rabbit hole. You're never yeah. going to find the snake to blame. Yeah. Ultimately, it's still my choice. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people were triggered that I got the vaccine. A mm. lot of people have said that I have said, they've said this about me, and it is not true, that I have said, don't take the vaccine. That's completely untrue. Yeah. Don't all... tell anyone what to do. Don't tell them what to do. And also, how could anyone know what your body needs? Yeah. It's, it's always very good. Yeah. And, and we can't predict what will happen. I mean, I got the vaccine. I couldn't predict what will happen. My body felt comfortable going. I just went with it and it was fine. Now, if I freaked out, if my body started freaking out and shaking, I think I would leave, which I've done most of the time in my life. And how do I know that? Well, here I go in to get my vaccine. And there's that, you know, that, what is it called? The alcohol-based 
cleaning yeah. thing for your hands. So I start to get close to it and my body starts shaking. I don't want to touch it. I start pulling out tissues. Yeah. And my, my husband's looking at me going, they're going to kick you out if you act like this. And I'm like, frankly, I don't care. Yeah. This is my body is reacting. It doesn't want to touch this stuff. Mm. It doesn't want to touch the cover. It does. But going for the vaccine, my body had no reaction. So mm. I know that I would act weird. So I, I tried my best not to take that stupid stuff. But so what I did was take it on my hands and then I used my own cleansing to clean it off. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then I exactly. felt better. Right. I had my own, uh, you know, silver based spray to clean off the germs from the germy thing. And I yeah. know whatever, you know, people say and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't care what you say. My body does not like it. Mm. That's all I know. Yeah. And you are forcing me to do something my body doesn't like. Can't I just go to the bathroom and wash with soap and water? Can't I just <laughs> do something that is I a little that. more comfortable? Yeah. And no, you can't. You have to do this. And then I went, oh, but I have something to fix this after. So I did it. I was all gunked up with that stuff. And I went and thoroughly cleaned my hands with my own spray. Mm. So, you know, we can always find a practical action. But it, it clearly showed me that, you know, my body knows what it wants. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I just find that interesting. There's nobody to blame. And we like to do that. We have a society now that wants to blame somebody for something, right? Which is yeah. the individual. We're always blaming the snake. And we never look at ourselves to say, I made that choice. We, you know, oftentimes when I hear people suing someone, yeah, you know, they'll sue someone because they think it's their right or they think the other person should have been responsible for them. And, you know, if I'm going to walk on ice... I want to, if I'm going to go in front of a shop and there's ice and mm. I decide to walk on it and I break my hip because I've fallen down, I'm responsible for walking on the ice. Yeah. They weren't responsible for necessarily cleaning, cleaning it, even though that's the law, right? But, you know, what if they were closed and I decide to walk on their property and they're closed and they don't know there's ice formation or whatever, yeah. Well, a clear statement would be, let me tell them there's ice outside and I can't come in or don't walk on their property. You know, yeah. we, don't, we don't do these things. Uh, I've just seen it so many times where I just watched the person, Eve and Adam, uh, blaming the snake uh, for their yeah. lack of responsibility and to become resentful and defensive and you know, uh, litigious mm. and because primarily I'm not taking responsibility. So, you know, you see it everywhere. Uh, you know, Adam and Eve is a great story about exactly how we humans behave. Mm. We just do it all the time. It yeah. is a clear representation of us. We could have paradise. The snake could be there. We can have paradise if we are responsible for actions, but that's not what we do. We're expelled from paradise because we start to blame someone else. Yeah. You know, I've heard it over and over again, uh, especially in tarot, right? I, I have a court case. Will justice be served? And I answer that question. Will justice be served? And I say, yes, 
justice will be served. And they say, great, I'm going to win. And then I go, that's not what you asked. And when I put out, will they win? It says no. And they're like, that's impossible. That's impossible. I don't know how many times people have told me it's impossible. And they return after the court case and say, you were right. I lost. I said, sure, you lost. You know, you're self-righteous. You can't see what's there. This can be, it can even be karmic. Yes. But we just usually think we're right. That's it. But who's right and who's wrong? It's like the snake, then Eve, then Adam. Who's right? What, the snake was wrong? The snake is just doing what snakes do. Yeah. And then Eve turns around and goes, well, it's his fault. And then Adam says, it's her fault. (laughs) All right, Ian. Great. Thanks for this resolution. Uh, You're you're kicked out of here. And, and, you know, clearly we get kicked out the moment. I've seen people get litigious and they feel justified. And then it takes them a really long time before they, you know, come up with suing someone. And that takes years and they're in their resentment. And then it's years for the case. And, and the outcome is like, I won, but all I got was this. And uh, all this time, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. I, I remember talking to a multimillionaire who said, you never go to court, never, unless you have a lawyer on the payroll and that's their job all the time. Yeah. But you don't have that. You're a tiny person. Why would you ever go? Settle. Yeah. Settle. Even if it's 5000 10000 20000 it's going to cost you more in court because yeah. you're, you're going to go up to, you know, immediately 25000 just to your lawyers. And if you do win, you don't win. Yeah. You yeah. win nothing. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. You know, unless you have, I mean, it's a whole different ball game when you've got someone on the payroll and they're doing this all day long. It's a whole different yeah. ball game. Yeah. But when I'm a, yeah. you know, a private individual and, you know, just asking for this, you know, depending on what, uh, what it is, you know, yeah. just depending on, I mean, obviously you evaluate. But most of the time, you just spend years in resentment. Yeah. I'm just being general, you know, but in, in all of the experience that I've seen, and there's statistics for court cases, that in the end, it all goes to lawyers and, you know, these big multi-gazillion dollar suits and they win. The actual people don't get that much. Let's say it's a group and they get billions of dollars. Well, yeah. in the end, you don't get that much. It sounds oh, big, but... You know, after all the years and the torment yeah. and the, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really quite. My, my brother-in-law's a lawyer. He deals with those things. <laughs> and what does he say? I see it from his side. He he pulls his head. He deals with people that have got so much money who are just being petty. He's like, they should just let it go. <laughs> just carry on these cases for years. And he's like, they're paying me. I'm not going to moan. <laughs> it's like. If I were them, I'd just let it go. <laughs> it's just like, he pulls his hair out, especially with, um, like, when, like, um, go after, like, such a small amount of money, and they're spending millions trying to go after this little pot of money. Right, because like, they usually like, end up saying it's it's, it's the principle fun. of the thing, right? It's the, yeah, well, they're just doing it for fun. You know, they're just, like, oh, for fun. people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, any random, you know. I don't even know if it's for fun, but I I think very often it's the it's the belief that it's the principle, 
right? Yes, yeah. You know, and I'm going to teach you a lesson, and um, and there's the resentment. I, I yeah. just don't think it's fun. I think it's the resentment. Yeah, that's my sense. Yeah. You know, uh, I I know better than you, kind of thing, and I'll. Uh, that's usually my experience, you know, like he says, let it go. But yeah. I doubt it's for the fun. Yeah, I think he, he probably is thinking of like one or two cases after. Yeah. I would um, think it could be bolstering their power. I feel like I yes, have power yeah. over you or it could be, you know, a superiority complex or, or identity that they're reinforcing or, um, you know, just to keep to the theme of Adam and Eve, I think that's what what happens. Mm. And um, you know, you I kind of wonder. Well, they've got so much money and they get to do this, um, and maybe they are teaching the other person that it wasn't worth it, was it? No. You know, so yeah, uh, uh, interesting. That could be a whole other topic to go through. Yes. Saying if it's fun or not, that would be very speculatory. I'm going to stick to we're sent out of the Garden of Eden. So even if the rich person says, well, I just do this because I do it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really care. Just do it. I have you on the books. You're going to sue. That's it. So, but the person who is sued and keeps fighting, who, who may not have as much money, might yeah. end up, uh, you know, being expelled from the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Yeah. And I still don't think that the, you know, the rich person who's doing this pettiness, because you said petty to begin with. So yeah. I think that's a really telling comment. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know, the, 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 yeah. the, when we say it's, uh, it's, the, um, it's the principle of the thing, to me, it's pettiness. What principle? I don't, I don't live by your principles. Mm. I remember we were in uh, Egypt many years ago and, uh, you know, this, I was buying one of these cheap 10 for 10 bucks alabaster vase, you know, a cheap, it, it, I think I, we still have it somewhere and it's crooked and, you know, doesn't stand properly. And he said 10 bucks and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Give you 10 bucks. And my friend was insistent that she would not pay 10 bucks for this oh, thing. Haggle. <laughs> and and we're getting in the in the taxi, you know, and she says, it's the principle of the thing. And I'm like, what yeah. principle? He's got <laughs> all his kids. He's not exactly yeah. wealthy. You're giving him 10 bucks for it. What's the big deal? You know, you're spending all this time in the country and, yeah. uh, you know, why, why not support while we're here, you know? Yeah. Or whatever you think, I don't even care. And and she she got it for I don't know, uh, I think like two dollars and fifty cents, whereas I had paid eight dollars. Mm. You know, and I and I just looked in at the her grand and, scheme of things, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at her going, you know, what was that all about? Like, what was the importance <laughs> of that? Yeah. You know, why was that so important to you? Well, because it's not worth it. And I'm like, well, to me, it was worth it. But your, but my experience with you wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I talk about negotiation, I always go to the life of Brian when he goes to try and buy that beard in an emergency. 
You're laughing and talking at the same time, Sorry. so I don't quite understand you. The life of Brian. I'm back to Monty Python. Yes, that part I heard. But yeah. then you went, <laughs> the beer. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what that, what so, you said. He's trying to buy a beard in an emergency to get away, you know, for a disguise. And okay. the guy insists that he negotiates. <laughs> He just wants to pay him the full rate, and the guy insists he negotiates. It just makes me laugh. Anytime right. I think yes, about no, negotiation, I, I go to yes. that moment. Yes, you have to negotiate. Yes. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, in countries, you have to negotiate. Yeah. You know, you, you really have to do that. Mm. Uh, it's part of the, the game. So they start yeah. high, and then they, they come down. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I didn't negotiate, but she just really wanted to go low. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's the thing. If it was like a 500 pound item and that was a lot of money for you and you knew you could negotiate, go for it. But when it's just 10 pound or something and it's not that much for you, but it would make a massive difference to those people, you just pay it. Well, I I don't know if I would even do that. It's going to depend on my income. Yeah, I'm going to be practical about it if yeah, I can't yeah, afford exactly. it. Practical, well, yeah. I'm not going to do that either. I'm going to see what I assess to be the value. Mm. Uh, it's not. I don't care what she paid or what I paid. Really, I don't like. That's not important. What I found interesting was the principle of the thing. Mm. You know, I I could state my principles and say, well. You know, the fa- like I said before, the family, et cetera, et cetera. But that was how I evaluated it. And yeah. she doesn't. She didn't evaluate it that way. So we're both operating on different principles. Yeah. So I didn't try to convince her. I'm like, okay, do your bargaining. Have fun. Yeah. Knock yourself just, out. Just, just <laughs> knock yourself out. But I'm leaving now because I'm not going to sit here for three hours in a shop <laughs> that's really dusty. Uh, while I were, you know, we're traveling around to negotiate for three hours for a $10 base like that. I'm not doing. So I started leaving and that's how she got her deal. Yeah. And, Cause I didn't want to stay. Like I'm usually rushy and I want out, you know, if mm-hmm. I see something I want, I just go, okay, this is what I'm willing to pay and I'll do it. And she yeah. did the same thing, except I just didn't want to sit there for five hours going through <laughs> this back and forth. So I did what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yep. So I just didn't care. But what fascinated me is we're all living by these principles. And Mm, it it makes no difference. It's actually not true. You know, they're just, they're, they're principles that are meaningless. My principles are meaningless. And so are you. So, so is someone else's. They're meaningless. Mm. If that makes sense, they they have no meaning because you can you can argue back and forth, you know. Well, they're doing this and they're doing that, and I think this. It's like, who cares? Do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. Yep. Do what you want. You want to do that, but I'm leaving. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I'm just leaving. That's all. I'm not. I'm not staying. I did what I wanted. You do what you want. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because that's how she got her deal. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> literally we were in the taxi yeah. we were in the taxi and he was putting the vase in her lap while the taxi was moving 
and she was giving him money. So funny. I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Hilarious. All right, my dear, I know you have to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was great. That was fun. Oh, it's really good, spontaneous. I think we should not think of subjects beforehand. Yeah, just random. Random. <laughs> All right, and everyone in podcast land, I hope you have something to uh, to add or to ask us to do. All right. Yeah. Love you, Eloise. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Have a great day. Bye.